0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, 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 what up, what up, though? It's your boy Reggie Watkins, and you are listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but don't be hating. We don't need to hate. All we want is love over here. My man Kevin Cleland is running the show, producing, engineering. Kevin, what's cracking? How you doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic. This is a rare Friday, almost evening edition of I'm Probably Right. So uh, this is a great way to cap off uh, the end of my week. Yeah, yeah. I know you got you got your IPA ready to go. Kevin, if you guys don't know, is a fan of IPAs. I think we mentioned that at the game we went to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We went to the Rams and you tell me you love IPAs. So, you know, we had an IPA while you watch your Rams go MIA. Uh, but that's another day. That's for another. That's another, <laughs> at least you guys. You guys came back and won the Super Bowl. I'm gonna give you that. But I had to take my little hit, my little shot right there. Um, but uh, yo, Friday edition, playoffs are cracking. Today on this episode, we are going to talk about the softness of Carl Anthony Towns of the Minnesota Timberwolves. We're gonna get into Kevin Durant being the greatest player in the world, and Mike Tyson on a plane. But first up. Debo Samuel done come out and ask for a trade. And I know what 49er fans are, are 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 losing their mind. I know 49er fans are going crazy. They get, oh my lord, oh my lord, the sky is falling. Debo asked for a trade. Relax. Calm down. Calmate way. That's relax in, in Spanish. Debo ain't going nowhere. Okay. And I know he's done the, the the young boy thing that they do now. Everybody nowadays, all these young dudes, when they negotiate their contracts and they ain't happy with, with the money they got, what's the first thing they do? They go to their social media and they take down every photo of them and the team together off their page. It's like they breaking up, but they ain't breaking up. they a little passive-aggressive breakup, right? Like, oh, I ain't going to show you. I Hey, I'm going to show you that, that I ain't going to miss you, right? They take all their photos down. And that's all he did. And then they, they found out that, that uh, you know, he said that he was asking for a trade, right? But it's just negotiating. They can't afford to trade Debo Samuel. But what they're gonna try to do because they're a team who has money and cap and salary cap, they're gonna try to get Debo Samuel for the cheap. However, that ain't what the wide receiver position is about no more. There ain't no more cheap. They pay these dudes like quarterbacks. And When Devontae Adams gets a 20-some-odd million-dollar-a-year contract for a dude who only lines up out wide, what the hell you think Debo Samuel going to want? Debo Samuel has the most rushing touchdowns of any wide receiver since he's come into the league. Rushing touchdowns. He's also a wideout. He's their number one wideout. He has the most receptions. He has the most receiving yards. He also ran the ball for them and put his hand in the dirt in the backfield. He is the most invaluable player on that team. And that's rare because usually it's the quarterback. On almost every team, the quarterback is the most important player on that team. Not with the 49ers. Hell. Let's just imagine how how much better Debo would have been if he actually had a quarterback that was more valuable than him. Oh, my God. And that's why he's negotiating the way he's negotiating. Because whatever Devontae Adams got, if I'm Debo, I need a dollar more. Eh, no, no, no. I need a dollar more than him because I do more than him. And I'm worth more to him than you guys, to you guys. That dude is is, is un, he's, he's irreplaceable and and of course yeah the niners have people that they have to get right they have to pay uh joey bosa but joey bosa ain't on the same level as debo samuel joey bosa is very dope he's great he's a great pass rusher we need that dude he's the best player on the defense he's the most important player on the defense but if you don't got debo samuel and, and we'll go, let's go back to joey bosa joey bosa got one move it's just run fast to the quarterback. He ain't got no spins. He ain't got no no up unders. He got nothing but get to the quarterback, which is a valuable skill. But Debo Samuel is multidimensional. You've got to have that dude. And the crazy thing about it, and the reason why, and I understand why the Niners are are uh you know not so quick to give this dude the money is because he can get injured. He does so much for this team, he's putting himself in harm's way all the time. Not only is he out there catching passes as a wideout, he's blocking, running across the middle, going deep, whatever, right? This dude is coming out of the backfield and taking hits from linebackers and linemen on the regular. So with that kind of dude, the propensity for injury goes up, and so now you don't want to pay him that much, but but the problem is that dude became the best player on your team, so you got to pay him. You got to pay him and you got to forego something else because you don't want to have to trot Trey Lance out there in his second season without a real number one. And I don't behoove Debo Samuel for for sitting or for for asking for a trade or saying that I'll sit out because I would do the same thing, too. He's only scheduled to make four million dollars. He's only made seven through his career so far. He was a second round pick that dude out Kicked the coverage, right? They thought that he was going to be a second round. You know, when people draft these second rounders, they hope that they're gonna be all pros and whatnot, right? But usually they don't. But Debo did. So now you got to pay him like an all-pro wide receiver who does everything for your team. But he ain't going nowhere. The Niners will pay, they will figure this out. And he had a he had a picture of himself. Uh somebody photoshopped him in the picture with the Dallas in the Dallas Cowboys uniform. And apparently he liked that. That's more negotiating. That's more just poking the flames in the fire, right? And I know to, to Niner fans, Niter, oh, my God, he liked a picture of himself in the Cowboys jersey. Yo, that's just liking some pictures. Take it from a merry man. That ain't cheating, okay? You're just liking some pictures. You're just you're admiring what's going on out there every now and then. I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, yo, don't be mad at him. Let, the, let that man live just a little bit. But he'll be back. He will be in the Scarlet and Gold next year. You can book it. He'll either be there or he'll be sitting at home wherever the hell he's from because the Niners ain't trading that dude. There ain't here's the deal with these trades. You're not trading a Debo Samuel in the hopes that you find another Debo Samuel. You already got him. So pay him. Which is what they will do. 49 er fans, don't worry. Trust me, I'm probably right. Be back after the break. Uh, Kevin I don't know if you've been watching the N- NBA playoffs like I have but I am enthralled I'm loving I think these these are some of the greatest matchups we've seen in in a while like the first round intensity is so ramped up it's 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 unheard of like and 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 the craziest thing is the East is a monster the East has like all the best teams. All the best teams, but even in the West, you're seeing the upstarts come up and play tough, right? And when I say play tough, like, look, one of the series that people are are, are really, you know, captivated by was Memphis Grizzlies and Minnesota Timberwolves. Because if you just think about this series, Minnesota, Mem, I'm sorry, Memphis started as the number two seed. They had a great season all the way through, right? They got Lil' Ja Morant. It's a great story. That the the house, Them dudes just go out there and they, they bring their lunch pail and they work hard. That's what Memphis embodies. That's what that, that whole team embodies. They talk about they want all the smoke and all this, whatever, right? Minnesota got into this play, play-in game and ended up playing against Memphis. And I thought that this could be a really interesting series because while Memphis has the best overall roster because they're so deep. I mean, hell, they play like 11, 12 dudes in a playoff game. Their coach um, is playing, uh, was his name? Taylor Jenkins is his coach. And he does not look like what you would think a Taylor Jenkins would look like. Um, go ahead and Google him if you like to. But Taylor Jenkins is playing like 10 to 12 dudes in a playoff game. And that does not happen. Usually, everybody drops their rosters down to about eight, maybe nine people. But usually about eight in the rotation. They playing they play 10 to 12. But I thought the Minnesota Timberwolves, because they've got such high-end talent. I mean, you have to look at this roster. The Minnesota Timberwolves have their best player, in theory, is supposed to be Carl Anthony Towns. Number one overall pick. Their second best player. Number one overall pick in Anthony Edwards. Ant-Man, I love that dude. We're going to talk about him in a second. Their third best player. D'Angelo Russell. Number two overall pick in the draft. They've got... Talent on top of talent on top of talent. And in Carl anthony Towns, they have one of the most talented dudes in the game. But in Carl anthony Towns, they also have the softest big man in the NBA. And people want to talk about Anthony Davis. People want to throw out Anthony Davis, call him street clothes or whatever. I would rather have street clothes Anthony Davis than Carl anthony Towns, who does nothing but disappoint you all the damn time. And it's getting to be to the point where it just, you just can't, what's the old saying? When somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Carl Anthony Towns has been telling us that he's Charmin Soft forever, but we don't want to believe him. We want to get on him and be mad at him for not being a bulldog and not coming out and taking over these games. Look, they won the first game convincingly over the Grizzlies, right? Because it felt like the Grizzlies just came out like, oh, we're the number two seed. We're going to walk over the squad. No, you got to actually show up, be ready with these matchups, and figure out who the hell you're playing. They came out in game two and busted the Grizzlies' ass. Like, and busted their ass because their best player, Carl Anthony Towns did not show up again, was in foul trouble again. I mean, this dude took seven field goal attempts in 27 minutes because he was in foul trouble with five fouls. And when you watch him play, he's just sloppy. It's like, but this is what happens when you also are seeing these teams that are in small markets that ain't never really on TV. Like, ain't nobody tuning. Minnesota Timberwolves ain't getting no nationally televised games for who? For what? Right. Oh, keep your ass to the target center. Y'all have fun up there with the snow and all that stuff in the Mall of America. Cool deal. But over here, we trying to watch the real damn squads. We want to watch the hype stars. We want to see the big matchups, right? So you don't ever really watch the Timberwolves, but in the playoffs, there's a microscope on every team because every game is nationally televised. Even if you on the, uh the NBA TV special, which is usually where Toronto lands up. You know what I'm saying? Toronto is usually there. Memphis will be there. uh, The Nuggets will be there if they weren't playing the Warriors. But right now, there's a microscope on every team, so you get to watch them and see what is good about them and what their flaws are about them. And with the Minnesota Timberwolves, their biggest flaw is their best player is soft. He is seven feet tall and plays like he's six feet. That dude is always around the perimeter trying to shoot threes. He's trying to dribble the ball and drive all the place. It's just maddening watching him. And so... In game two, he comes out, shoots the ball. He has seven field goal attempts. Seven field goal attempts. Nine rebounds. Nice. No, 11 rebounds. Nice. One assist. Five turnovers. Five personal fouls. 15 points. You can't do your Your best player can't do that. And then you got little Anthony Edwards. That dude's only 19 years old. Nineteen years old, and he is—he has become the vet on this team. He is the leader of this team. Just—I—I I, don't—I—I I don't know what else you could say about. Carl. And so, and that was game two. Game three last night was atrocious. Let me read you Carl Anthony Towns' box score from game three last night, because the Minnesota Timberwolves were up by 26 points at one time. The Grizzlies came back, got it to seven and halftime, and then the Timberwolves got back up by 21 and still lost the game. Carl Anthony Towns played 32 minutes, took four field goal attempts. One of them was a three. Two free throw attempts, five rebounds, eight points. This is an all-star. This is a dude who should be one of the best players in the league. He is he is the number three center in the league right now. After Embiid and Jokic, it is Carl Anthony Towns. And what you are seeing from Minnesota is He is not that dude. Anthony Edwards is the dude. But the problem with Anthony Edwards is that dude's 19. He ain't ready to be no dude yet. But he will be. He is going to be a superstar. If you're not watching the games, they had a commercial on last night. Anthony Edwards is about to be a superstar. And I don't throw superstar around lightly because superstar to me means dudes who not only carry a team in the NBA to they can bring you to a championship. Once he's in his prime, the dude is. Oh, my God. The dude is 19. Wait till he's in his 20s. Good Lord. But at 19, he's doing commercials. He's doing a bank commercial. Bank commercial with his dreads and sounding like he's all from the South, which he is. And that dude, don't give a damn. He is about to be a superstar among superstars. It's ridiculous. But the Minnesota Timberwolves, they're stuck. Because nobody, everybody's watching Carl Towns. And this is what happens. He's putting bad tape out there for the rest of the league to see. Timberwolves will never be able to trade this dude unless they're get taken pennies on the dollar. And the other problem with the Timberwolves is their coach. They had a 26-point lead. Lost it. Had a 21-point lead. Lost that. And at no point during the 20-point lead being lost did their coach call the timeout. Nothing to regroup the squad. Nothing. nothing. Just let them keep playing. And you got Carl Anthony Townsend on the side. He was mic'd up. Lord, do, oh, oh. He better never look, he better not ask for a mic, never step to a mic ever again. He was mic'd up talking about, we in Minnesota now. We ain't in their house. We in Minnesota now. Yeah, you in Minnesota now at your house and you got beat the hell down. Clowned. And then he went to the podium afterwards at the press conference and they were asking him, yo, so what's up with you taking four field goal attempts? I mean, what's going on? Next question. Next question? That's the only question. The only question anybody should have for Carl Anthony Towns is, how are you seven feet tall with all the talent in the world, and you only take four field goal attempts in a playoff game where you are the best player on your team and you are at home? I don't, this is, it's it's maddening. But, again, when people show you who they are, believe them. Believe him. He's been telling us that he's not that dude. Anthony Edwards is the dude for the Timberwolves. I'm the Timberwolves right away, as soon as the series is over, because I don't know if they, I mean, look, they've got one more game in Minnesota. They could even this thing up. I hope Carl Towns comes out and plays even better. Anthony Edwards plays better. D'Angelo Russell plays better. And the problem with D'Angelo Russell has been the the problem with him since he got into the league. I'm a Laker fan. Right, and I wanted D'Angelo Russell coming out of uh what was he? At? I think he uh, he was playing in uh, God. I'm I'm blanking on where he played ball at, but I wanted D'Angelo Russell bad to come to the. Oh, he was at Maryland. I wanted him to come to the Lakers because that dude. They were saying he he had the Magic Johnson, you know, passing ability. He saw the court and he sees the court like none other. But the problem is when he got to the Lakers, immediately I saw. He didn't have the extra special thing that you need to be great. He could be good. He didn't have the extra special thing. And the extra special thing is, is, is always, it's always something that you just can't quantify, right? You can't work on. Like, he's never going to be fast enough. He's never going to be agile enough to guard people. He's, he's not a good defender because he doesn't have quick feet. He's slow. He's not going to be an elite uh, offensive player because he can't blow by anybody. He needs a screen to get his shot off. And that is always the issue with him. And when you play against a team like Memphis, who these dudes just get up on you and, and hustle on you, D'Angelo Russell's going to be, he's going to be obsolete. Obsolete. So it's going to come down to Carl Towns and Anthony Edwards. And if you are betting your life on Carl Towns, I hope you got funeral insurance. Be back after the break. Brooklyn Nets are in trouble trouble and I'm on record of saying I thought the Brooklyn Nets were going to win the NBA championship once they got Ben Simmons who I thought would be able to play I thought a lot of and when they got uh uh Drogic right they got him to come off the bench I thought the Brooklyn's and then Drummond, I mean, Seth Curry, they got such a nice trade for Ben Simmons, who, who has been able to play because of his back. I thought they were going to win the championship. But a funny thing has happened along the way to that championship in the playoffs. They're playing against some dudes who look at this Nets team with supposedly the best player in the world in Kevin Durant, and they say, Durant schmarant we coming at this dude. They are bullying the hell out of Kevin Durant. I've never seen anybody play defense on him like this. Never seen anybody play defense on him like this. And one of the reasons we've never seen anybody play defense on him like this is because he hasn't played against anybody that has this kind of caliber of defenders that will come at him. Yo, They've got Marcus Smart running at that dude. I mean, even though Marcus Smart not not big enough or not tall enough, Marcus Smart is physical with him. They're pushing him. They're touching him every time he's coming into the lane. Every time he's moving, they are putting hands on this dude. Jason Tatum is as t- is almost as tall as Kevin Durant. Got the length and can stay in front of him. He is digging in. Jalen Brown is digging in. Uh, uh, what's his name? Gary w- Williams. Williams is digging in on this dude. Grant Williams. Derek White, everybody is getting out. Daniel Tice, Al Horford, everybody is taking turns whooping ass on KD. And it is shocking. Like, this dude was supposed to be the best player in the world, right? And in two straight games, he has been boo boo. Boo boo. First game, nine for 24. Nine for 24. That's Kevin Durant. That's 37%. That's unheard of. He is supposed to be the most one of the most efficient players in the game. 9 for 24. And if you watch the game, he didn't get anything he wanted. The the Celtics made him they made him look awful. He looked like he couldn't even dribble. They were up in his grill so hard. He was dribbling off his foot, dribbling off his knees, just turning the ball up. Hell, he had 6 turnovers. 4 total rebounds, 23 points terrible game terrible but it got worse I mean it it actually got worse for Kevin Durant and after that you think Kevin Durant is going to come back and you're not going to see that type of same performance right Kevin Durant and in which they lost the game 115 to 114 on a miracle you know last second shot by Jason Tatum however it was Kevin Durant who fell asleep on the defense that allowed Jason Tatum to get to the lane and make that bucket. Right? So Kevin Durant just had an all around terrible game while Kyrie Irving had a brilliant game and was talking all the trash to the fans and giving it to him middle finger and all that stuff, which real quick on that. I don't care if players want to talk trash to the fans and all that stuff because I'm not one of those dudes who goes to a game and yells at players. I've never in my life gone and booed anybody. I don't care if I'm on if, if if I'm with my team and the other team is there, I'm not there booing other players because I know how hard it is for these guys to get here. I'm a fan of all these guys doing their thing. I want my team to win, but I want to see a great game. So I'm not ever boo, I've never booed anybody, never said somebody yelled somebody, you're trash, or you suck, or done the thing where they shoot the free throws and everybody's up yelling and screaming. Nah, man. I I just that's just not how I rock, right? But nowadays. People are getting so out of hand saying things, talking trash, and they do it all behind the guise of, yo, these players can't do nothing to me, right? They got security. They're in the stands. The players can't do nothing. Players ain't never going to have a malice in the palace again, right? So people just talk so much trash, say so much stuff, and these players have to sit there and take it, right? But Kyrie was like, nah, I ain't taking it. I'm going to talk trash back. I'll be the villain. I'll put my... And he's got a relationship with them because, you know, he came there after he left Cleveland and said he wanted to stay there and decided he didn't want to stay there, which I don't know why fans care so much about that. Yo, the dude didn't want to be there. You weren't winning when he was there. You're gone. He's gone. And now you're doing better than that than what he is. Why are you booing this man? Like, what, what, is, what are you accomplishing? I don't understand. You're in a better position than he is. Why are you booing him? But, so Kyrie goes out and wants to be the villain, and I'm, I embrace this and all this other stuff, and he says, it's not hostile. No, you are being hostile. You know, you're, you're doing the finger, you're throwing your fingers up, and you're try, talking to people in the stands and all that stuff, and it's kind of passive-aggressive because he's doing it behind his head. He's running down the court with the finger up. No, nah, man, pick somebody that you really got beef with and have it with them. You know what I'm saying? But... Uh, Who am I to tell how to run how to have their beef, right? Beef is served up all kinds of ways. Rare, medium, rare, medium, medium, well, well, right? Have your beef however you like it. I just think the beef should be should be served up straight to your face. Right. That's just that's just how how I roll with it. But first game, Kevin Durant, I mean, Kyrie Irving was phenomenal because that's who he is. He's a great player. Great player, not a number one. Needs a true number one on his side to really do the damage he's supposed to do. And that is supposed to be Kevin Durant. But in game two, Kevin Durant disappeared again. Kevin Durant got bullied again. Even worse. Four for 17. 23%. Worse than the first game, which you think after Kevin Durant has a bad game like that, you know, he was his famous quote. Y'all know who I am. I'm Kevin Durant. Well, where the hell is that Kevin Durant? Because we seen a dude who looks shook. The Celtics, I swear, it feels like the Celtics like, man, Kevin Durant ain't shit. That's, that's what it feels like. That's what they're saying. Four for 17. One for two from, from three point. Four rebounds. Six turnovers. 27 points. And the only reason he got 27 points is because he got 18 free throws because he went to the foul line 20 times because the Celtics are like, yo, we are going to hit you, dog. And he don't look like he could take it. And that is what you will always have me come back to you about is there is a class of superstar that we got to stop throwing people into all the time. Kevin Durant is a great, great player. Steph Curry is a great, great player. They aren't on LeBron James' level. That's where it comes. We got to stop saying superstar. There is one superstar in the NBA. That is LeBron James. Not anymore. He's not the same dude like LeBron. But I mean, as, as as far as his, when he was at the height of his power, that is a true superstar. Giannis Attentacupo is a true superstar superstar that dude can get you whatever you want he can make it happen for you Kevin Durant is great but when it comes time for him to do everything to take on this this bully ball to also get people involved go get the rebounds play some defense he can't do all that and there's no slight against him it's just people in the media and people that have these conversations love to try to throw people all up in this business of being superstars and that ain't what they are Kevin Durant ain't never won no championship without having the best damn team around him. Ain't, ain't has not happened. He joined the Warriors who already had won 73 games without him. Joined them. And then they became unbeatable. Steph Curry didn't want a championship against LeBron and Matthew Della Vadova because in six games, because Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving couldn't play the entire finals. And then lost the next year. And then got Kevin Durant, made it it unfair, and won the next two years. Then Kevin Durant gets hurt. What happens to the Warriors and Steph Curry? They lose. To Toronto and Kawhi Leonard. They lose. Kevin Durant is dope, but he ain't on that level. And we got to start talking about people that way. We got to stop throwing everybody in this superstar. This superstar conversation. Because there is only but one one or two superstars that come along all the time all the rest of these dudes are just all-stars and really dope players now what's going to happen in game three because they're going home to to Brooklyn they're going to go home to Brooklyn and and what's going to change because I don't see the defense for the Celtics changing yo Udoka got them boys playing D for real they got the defensive player of the year Marcus Smart on the squad and they got Jason Tatum who now that dude that dude has the chance to be a superstar because he could do everything on the court, everything. And they took off once Udoka instilled, instilled some real defense. They got Brad Stevens up off the sidelines, right? Because Brad Stevens is there and Brad Stevens ain't telling nobody what to do. These young dudes, they start coming up. And this is the thing. When I even talk about the Lakers, I talk about anybody in this league. When you got really dope players, unless you're Popovich who benefited so greatly from having, docile stars like david robinson and tim duncan who were so damn coachable and not prima donnas to their to their credit he was able to coach those dudes and in effect coach everybody else the same hard way uh, and even harder around them so he built up this cachet as being such a great coach without really ever playing the game but other than that you got to play this game for these dudes to really trust you and think that you know what you're talking about, you got to have played this game at a high level or just just been there, right? So U- Udoko's been there, been there, done that. Brad Stevens had never, Brad Stevens was just like a, a wonderkin, little genius boy, right? But at some point, it stops, people stop listening to that. It's got to have, you got to have some respect. And the respect comes from doing what we've done. And Udoka had done what they'd done, and he got them to buy in, because they started out like 23 and 24, and then they ended the, the season as the best team in the league. I know because I lost bets because I had the Chicago Bulls having a better record than the Celtics at the end of the season, and they didn't by about two games. Damn it. If Alonzo hadn't got hurt, it would have been a whole different story. Y'all know it's true. But it's gonna be a, it's gonna be, it's gonna be some, some things going on if they lose this game three, and it's gotta start, start at the top. Steve Nash, they ain't running no damn offense. They seriously, their whole offense is okay. KD, your turn. All right, Kyrie, your turn. Okay, KD, you take two turns. Kyrie, you take three turns. That's all they do. It's iso ball all day, and there ain't no movement. They don't got nobody doing nothing. It's just these two dudes supposed to carry us, and the Boston Celtics like we got dudes for them. We got dudes to D them up. And if they lose in the first round after all the hype of having, remember they got the big three and all that stuff. It was Durant, Harden, and KD, and they lose in the first round. This is catastrophic failure. That's all you can call it. And you got to have to stop calling Kevin Durant the greatest player in the world, because that's not what he is. He's a great player. Giannis Attentacupo right now is the greatest player in the NBA. Don't at me, bro. Be back after the break. Uh so Kevin, I don't know if you have uh seen the news and um there was some something that went on uh this this past week uh with one Mike Tyson. Yeah, uh, Mike Tyson, who used to be, at one point, the baddest man on earth. Uh, Heavyweight champion of the world. Uh, WBO, WBA, uh, I don't know. How many other belts you want? I don't know. WBC. Pick a damn belt. WWF, if you wanted to. And there's video of Mike Tyson on an airplane, repeatedly punching some dude. Uh, TMZ reported this. It was uh, Mike Tyson was traveling from San Francisco International headed to Florida. And uh, there's all of a sudden you see a video of dude getting whopped in the face over and over by Mike Tyson. And I don't know if anybody, you guys probably don't know this because I never told this talk to you about this or maybe mentioned this story. Um, At one point in my life, my recurring nightmare was being punched by Mike Tyson. I grew up in the Mike Tyson era. That man instilled fear in me as a child. I remember watching every single fight he had and seeing him ravage dudes. One punch. And this was with gloves on. One punch. I I, I challenge you to go to YouTube and look up Mike Tyson versus Mitch Blood Green. They got into a fight. In the ring and outside the ring. And Mike Tyson almost killed him both times. Both times. uh, Mike Tyson versus Frank Bruno. Oh, my God. It's still in my brain. Hell, y- your boy who was slapping Chris Rock, uh, Will, Will Smith, Fresh Prince, used to have a song called I Think I Could Beat Mike Tyson. And I used to think he was crazy for even saying something out there and putting it on wax. Because what the hell? What if Mike hears this? So this was a recurring nightmare for me, worried about <laughs> getting punched by Mike Tyson. Hell, I met, my, I read, you know, let me tell you a story. I didn't meet Mike Tyson. I accidentally bumped into Mike Tyson once. I was at a nightclub. I forget what it, is, what it was called. Somewhere in Hollywood off of La Cienega. You know, I'm, I'm kind of cool. I'll be in a club sometime, right? Um, so I go into this club and it ain't really packed. It's just a cool little club, you know. what I'm saying there's bad little chicks around, cool little people. We having a good time, whatever, right? It ain't packed crazy, anything like that. But I'm walking, I look back, and I'm talking to my boy, and actually bump into somebody, and I turn around thinking, you know, somebody's about to say excuse me to me because you know I'm me. You know, what I'm who, who the hell walking into me? I turn around, and it's Mike Tyson. And uh, it's Mike Tyson right after the face tattoos. So so I'm already thinking Mike Tyson's crazy. And you got to remember, this is my recurring nightmares that Mike Tyson could ever punch me. And we in this club where there's all this space. So I'm thinking Mike Tyson could think, hey, it ain't really packed in here. Why did this dude bump into me? Maybe he did it on purpose. So I'm shook. <laughs> I, I am scared to death. I turn around and immediately say, hey, hey, hey oh, my bad, Mike. Uh. My best, nice, to, nice to meet you, man. He was like, oh, don't, "Don't worry about it." That was my Mike Tyson impression. Don't worry about it. And we went. I, I went my separate way and thanked the Lord every day since. But this dude on the plane. So this dude, you can see, there's other videos. His boy was uh, filming him from the whole time, right? And apparently, this guy was drinking and and got intoxicated and all this stuff. And always happened. The dudes see the fighters. They get that little courage juice up in them. They start thinking, and they start thinking that they, Fresh Prince, they think they could beat Mike Tyson. I mean, Mike a little old, right? He he an old dude. I think he might be in his 50s. You know what I'm saying? I could get that cat. You know what I'm saying? I mean? I, he, what was he was he smoking all that weed now? He probably lazy and slow now. I could I could mess around with Mike Tyson. So the dude kept talking. Tyson sitting down, and apparently Tyson took a a photo with him, signed and autographed the whole deal earlier. But the dude kept drinking and kept getting more courage. Then he was standing up over Mike's chair, talking and saying this and that, talking about mushrooms, yada yada yada. Fast forward to Mike Tyson is over his chair, beating the hell out of this dude, and all I could think of was this dude just lived my nightmare. But he lived to tell about it. And he's going to sue, of course. He, 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 he got off the plane and immediately said he's suing. So Mike Tyson's going to have to break some bread for whipping this dude's ass, but it's money well spent. Because again, like we talked about with Kyrie earlier, we got to stop with this. These fans thinking they, they can talk and do whatever they want to people like this. Nah, man, there's kinds of. Somebody might bust you in the face. And the audacity that you would think you're going to talk to Mike Tyson like that, the man's got a face tattoo. He used to beat people up for a living. What the hell you think he going to do to you? Lord, I hope it was worth it. Whoever you are, I hope that money was worth it. Because you will forever be known as the dude who got his ass whooped by Mike Tyson on a plane. Forever. Cool story, bro. Not really, though. I'm Reggie Watkins. You've been listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but don't be hating. Kevin Cleveland, my man, thank you so much for running the board, producing engineering. We'll see y'all next week. Next week, I will be at the NFL Draft. So expect some uh, some gems. We're going to go up there. We're going to see what we can do. See what we can talk to uh, go, go Godela now. You know what I'm saying? See what's cracking. Back next week. Peace.